You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Rated PG-13. <laughs> Empire. Hello and welcome to my podcast. Do me a favor, subscribe to John Comic Report wherever you get your podcast. You're watching on YouTube. Like button, subscribe button. You can catch us there as part of Empire Media. That's A-M-P-I-R-E. Always much appreciated. Stick around for my keys and predictions of the game. But first, a quick injury update for Washington. Ruled out for the game for Sunday's game against the Browns. Number one, running back Antonio Gibson. Sprained left foot, sprained left knee. So didn't really practice this week. Not a big surprise here. Has been banged up. Think they're going to be okay with who they have with Jonathan Williams and then also with, with Brian Robinson, of course. And then you can also use Curtis Sam on the backfield. I think they're going to be okay there. Gibson is their best kick returner. But I think, again, you know, whether it's Dax Mill or somebody else, you know, I think the kick game will be fine. I think the big, the big key will be the, the power runs up the middle, and they still should be fine in that area. Also out. Um, Sadiq Charles with a concussion. Defensive end James Smith-Williams ruled out with a concussion. Chase Young is back, of course. He will start in place of Smith-Williams. So Washington is fortunate to have, to have Young back, not just have him back, but to, to look as good as he did as the game went on against San Francisco. Questionable corner Benjamin St. Juiced with the ankle injury. Safety Cam Curl with the ankle injury. Cornerback uh, Christian Holmes with an ankle injury, and then safety Percy Butler with a hip injury. All of those guys are questionable. Now, of that group, I like Cam Curl's chances. There's definite optimism about him. Huge to get him back because of the communication, the secondary, and also just the guy is one of the smarter players they have. And I think you notice his absence last week against San Francisco, and certainly the Browns have a good tight end in David Njoku. You want a guy like Curl in the lineup to defend a guy like that. And again, he's their, he's their best defensive back. So you want him on the field, of course. As far as St. Juiced, I think there's definite concern about his availability. So he's got the low, he's got a low ankle sprain, but it also kind of elevated. It's up to his mid to high ankle as well. That causes problems in the change of direction and the ability to plant and drive. And we saw that last week against San Francisco. A couple routes where the little pivot routes where they go in and out. He had a hard time defending that on the post corner, had a hard time defending that. Any play, anytime we had to plant, cut, and change direction, it was difficult. And I think going against a, a receiver like Amari Cooper this week would be very difficult with that kind of injury. They're hope they gave him a couple of days off, hoping that it heals, hoping that whatever they do can get him ready. And I will say, I do think that if they were not in the playoff race, there is no chance that St. Juice would be playing because he's just not at a point where he can. But he's out. But the reason why he's trying is because he knows that they need this. They need this for the playoffs. So, but I don't know what the chances are. It's going to be a pregame situation, and I do know that even if he plays. It's going to be difficult because of the type of injury and because of the kind of receivers that he would be facing on Sunday. 
Anyway, that's it. Let's get to the keys and prediction for the Browns and Commanders. Number one key, attack the middle. Cleveland is one of the worst teams at defending the run up the middle. Here's how bad. They have allowed 5.02 yards per carry on runs between the right guard, the left guard, through the center. That's 28th in the NFL. It gets worse, folks. Or, depending on your point of view, it gets better. So, the Browns rank dead last in runs that are targeted at the offensive left guard. They allow 6.37 yards per carry on runs to that side. And that's worse than the NFL. And they allow 4.53 yards per carry, excuse me, yards before contact per carry on runs to that side. That's a yard worse than any other team in the NFL running at that direction. That's horrendous. Why are they so bad there? They have small defensive tackles. Their top three defensive tackles are all between 290 and 300 pounds. Washington is well aware of this. They're going to target this area. They also are banged up at linebacker. And so what happens, what's happened is they get hurt by a lot of counters, some misdirection runs. Those counters are going to be key. Watch them use a lot of counters. Because what, what has happened with the Browns linebackers, a lot of times you're going to see guys getting out of their gap or two guys being in a gap. That means a gap is it's not closed. Washington knows this. It's not like the Browns, is, and it's not like every run is a huge run against them, but there is a consistent, uh, steady gashing of this defense and has been over the course of the season. They got they were a little bit better for a while. Last several games, it kind of reverted to, to being hurt on the ground, and certainly Washington is going to try and continue testing them in that area. Um, again, a lot of counters, motion, all that. The backers are slower to fill, and that's going to make a difference. Off of that, those guys are going to start creeping up, and that's when you start to hit it with play action. Cleveland is one of the worst teams in the NFL in terms of yards per pass attempt against play action. The other one of the other teams that are really, are really bad in that area, Dallas, whom Washington plays next week, of course. But that's why you're going to see the, the Washington really po- kind of power that run up the middle. And that's why I say with Gibson being out, you're, you don't want to lose a guy like that because his versatility helps them. But in this game, I think a guy like Jonathan Williams coming in for Brian Robinson is going to be able to continue what they want to do. And if they start kind of ganging up there, you have ability to hurt him on the edges with some of the, the runs by Curtis Samuel, some of the Jets, um, or even some bubbles, some bubble throws to guys like Dotson and McCloy. So there you go. That's key number one. Key number two, be smart. I mean this on offense, and, and I think it's obvious – it should be obvious to why, but it's because stick to your identity. So be smart about who you are and what you can do. Early in the season with Carson Wentz, they certainly felt, excuse, and Scott, Scott Turner in particular, certainly felt like you have the big arm quarterback. You got McLaurin, you got Dotson, you got Samuel. Get the ball to him. Well, it's not that simple because we saw the protection doesn't always hold up. And then Carson Wentz behind that protection and his knowledge of the offense led to him holding the ball with a group that wasn't protecting as well. It's just it was a horrible combo, as we all saw. So the, the, the identity in his absence became running the ball, power runs, play action off that, not throwing the ball a ton. And you know, I think you you absolutely need to stick to that. And I do think that that's what they'll do. And I do think if Turner isn't doing that, yeah, the head coach will probably go up and go up and start taking over the play calls from him because that's what they're going to want to do. And I think they understand that what Cleveland can do as pass rushers, that you don't want to put uh, Wentz in a situation where he's coming back in as a starter and having to drop back a lot early downs and putting yourself in a bad situation. 
Uh, we saw that Wentz improved with his knowledge of the offense in snippets last week. You can't take, you can't make a full judgment on where he's really at in, the, in his game just based off two series last week. There were good signs. There were times where 49ers blitz, and I talked about this after the game, talked about it on Tuesday with Bram, but there were times with the 49ers blitz where you saw Wentz make a quick decision, knowing where to go with the ball. There's an overload blitz coming to his left. He immediately gets it out to Gibson running in the flat. Just a good, good, quick decision. They need to see a lot of that. The Browns are going to test him in that area. And so he's going to have to continue that. And I think that's one thing we don't know how that's really going to go because we haven't seen it for a pool game. We know what we saw before. We also haven't seen him with a good run game as well. And I think with Brian Robinson, he can get that. And that's going to make a difference. But that's why you have to be smart and stick to your identity and stay ahead of the chains. The one thing you worry about with Wentz is still the accuracy issues. Where is he going to be with that? This is something that he's not going to get out. He can become more familiar with the offense and get rid of the ball sooner. But those accuracy issues are something that's kind of been with him for a few years. And even in practice, like to be honest, on Friday, we're watching in the red zone. And there were a couple of times you had back-to-back throws. You're throwing behind Logan Thomas on one. Thomas can't reach and get it. On the next play, he throws a high one to Terry McLaurin in the back of the end zone. And McLaurin can't even go get it because it's just too high over his head. We've seen that stuff. That's against air. Now, I will say that after those throws, I saw Wentz make a concerted effort to plant and drive and follow through with those throws, maybe take a little bit off the fastball and make it more accurate. And so that's what I think he did in those cases. But that's something to watch. And if he becomes too inaccurate, what happens with tip passes, et cetera, et cetera. But you're going to throw the ball anyway. But the key is be smart, stick to your identity. I don't think you want to throw more than 30, 30-ish times in this game and you know you because that's just not who they are anymore washington has to make sure that you defend the edges that's miles garrett Jadavian Clowney. those tackles are going to be in for a tough day if you're going to sit back there and drop drop back and throw a lot because they're not going to handle miles garrett they haven't shown that they can handle those kind of guys and you you the thing with garrett is super quick around the edge also has a nice spin move inside and you can get him and if you if you collapse those guards a little bit that that spoon, they're, they're going to get to Wentz if they do that. And you just have to make sure that it's not consistent, that you're doing a better job consistently. They have shown that they will chip with the tight ends at times. They did it a couple of games ago, and I could see them doing it more. They did it last game. You can see it doing more against Bosa. They did it. I can see them doing it more in this game as well because I think they're going to need to. I just, again, be smart. That's when you have these tight ends, you can use them. And if you get some time, I think you can you can certainly hurt this team on defense. Um, I love what they can do in, in the play-action game in this one. Uh, there are certainly going to be times where you're going to want Wentz to drop back and throw without play-action because you're not going to throw 30-some play-action passes. You just have to make sure that you're in a situation where it's not an obvious passing down so that way you can kind of keep that pass rush a little bit more honest and give Wentz a better chance for success. And he does have to get rid of that ball. So, again, ideal number of passes around 30. Cleveland will play a lot of zone coverage. I think when in terms of like man versus zone, they're definitely heavier, definitely heavier zone. And I think one of the lower totals, probably bottom third, you know, bottom half, bottom third of number of times playing man. So Denzel Ward, very good corner. I would assume that he's going to be facing Terry McLaurin quite a bit. He does play to his help quite a bit. The safeties they'll roll to McLaurin. That's going to open it up, folks, for Jahan Dotson again, and I think Curtis Samuel. The, it'll be interesting to see 
not so much do they pass more, but are they more explosive with the pass game off of this run game? That's what the coaches are excited to see if it really is going to be like that, because on paper, that's what they're expecting. You've got the strong arm wedge. You do have talent receiver, but play within the confines of who you have become. Don't force the other stuff. If you can do that this way, you can be explosive and then be successful, especially in, and maybe you take away some of those red zone issues because you're throwing, you're getting some longer touchdown passes. Regardless, I think you have a guy that can help you more in that area in the red zone. One thing that I think that hurt Heineke a little bit was when those guards would get pushed back in the pass rush, he had a harder time seeing over the line. But now you have a bigger quarterback, and I think you can see that you maybe he'll see some throws that that would maybe Heineke took a split second longer on that if he sees it a little bit quicker, then you have a better chance for touchdowns. Those are all in theory. Wentz has got to go out there and prove it. And if he doesn't, then we're going to be having a different conversation after the game and then the rest of next week. Final key, beware the pass. Beware the pass. Yes, beware the pass when you're playing the Browns. Now, let's start with the fact that we know Cleveland has an excellent run game. They have Nick Chubb is terrific. Fourth in the NFL in yards, um, in, excuse me, third in yards, fourth in yards after contact. The guy is excellent. And, you know, he's he's got quickness. He has really good vision. He's got everything you want to run back. He's an all-around back. They also have Kareem Hunt who can, who can play on third downs and lined up wide. So they have an excellent rushing attack. Their, their offensive line, especially the interior, is really good. If you're a, if you want to geek out on this matchup, look at the guards versus the tackle. So Joel Batonio against John Allen, Wyatt Teller against Deron Payne. That's a terrific, terrific matchup. That's one of the one of the better matchups you'll see inside all year with the combination of how good those guards are, the combination of how good these tackles have been. I do think that in that case, like with Wyatt Teller against Payne, one thing that might give him a little bit of trouble is some of the movement that Payne can do. And I think if you can, he can get upfield a little bit. If you can create some movement for him, then I think Payne can have some success. Regardless, it's going to be an excellent matchup because they're all four of those guys are really good. But, 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 Deshaun Watson is getting more comfortable. You can kind of see the progression in his in his first three starts. And he was better throwing the ball, even against the Saints last week in horrible weather in Cleveland. They only scored 10 points. There were some red zone issues or a couple of drops in the red zone, in, in the end zone, that would have certainly helped them. But what you do see is the talent that they have in, at, in the passing game and what they want to become next year. And that will be more of as good as they run, as well as they run the ball, they want more expo- explosive plays. With some of the issues in Washington secondary, it wouldn't shock me if they're going to try and get some of those this week. Plus, the weather is supposed to be good. That will help a guy like Watson, who has not had success in cold weather. Um, but I do think you see the the, um, the outlines of the, of the shell of what they want to become. And again, I think they're going to start trying to do that now. You have, again, and some of this is going to depend on Benjamin St. Juice, not just his if he plays, but how healthy he is. Because you have guys like... Amari Cooper is an excellent receiver, really good coming off the line, really good with his with his stems, with his fakes, everything, and, and creates openings for himself. You have Donovan Peoples-Jones, who is a potential big play guy, but also drops a lot. So, you know, but he's a but he can make big plays. And you also have tight end David Njoku, who is really good and athletic. And the Browns do a good job of creating some situation for him off of play action. 
getting Njoku coming back off the line. He sells the blocks well on the boot action, sells the run block well inside, peels back out. You get him in space, and he can make some plays for them. And I think that's one thing where having Cam Curl back would certainly help. The other thing they do well off that is they do well using – Mari Cooper as, you know, a guy you, you're going to, if you're sending a Cooper out on a route to the flat, you're going to have somebody behind him. And if the if corner is playing too tight on Cooper, you're, they're going to drop in and over him. And so they do that quite a bit, whether it's to, whether it's off of Njoku, whether it's off Cooper. And if you're going to sit back, they'll just get it to Cooper. So if you're playing a lot of zone, which I think they will, which is why I think Washington will, um, then I think that's something they're going to try and do. So that's going to be a very interesting test. I do think one of the things along with that is how the defensive ends play. One thing I saw in there is when the ends are aggressive and getting upfield, they're forcing Chubb back inside, and that's where he's got some – that's where this team should have some help. But I think a lot of the disruption comes, can you get up against the, those those tackles? And the answer is I definitely think you can, especially Chase Young against Jedrick Wills at the left tackle. I think Young could have a decent game against him, depending on the kind of help they get play off him, if they're going to chip him or not. But if it's one-on-one, I think he can stun Wills and make some, make some noise in the backfield. Then, of course, you've got to contain Watson. But – you know, again, but I think all of it comes back to beware the pass game because that's where they can make some chunk plays. And I do think against this defense, if, if guys aren't healthy, that that's a potential for Cleveland to um, exploit. So there you go. Those are the keys of the game. My prediction, I do think Washington wins this game. I do think it's going to be a very close game. Those injuries concern me more so on the defensive side than with Gibson because, again, I think what Washington can do with the guys they have matches what the Browns do not do well. The Browns have typically played close games, I think, and so does Washington. I'm going to pick Washington 24-21. And, you know, buckle up, folks. I think it's going to be tight. Um, I do do think that Carson Wentz will hit some big plays. Um, I'm curious, just like you, to see, is this going to work or is it not? Is the, is Has he really improved in his knowledge of the offense and how much is that going to help? But I think the play action off of the Robinson runs will make the difference. So there you go. Washington, in this case, and Washington comes out 8-7-1. They can, clinch the, they can clinch a playoff spot if they win and then Detroit, Seattle, and Green Bay all lose. They can also be eliminated if they lose and then Green Bay and Detroit both win. So it's a big game for Washington Sunday. They have them win in 24-21. Be back after the game to discuss what happened. So, see you next time. And have a happy New Year.